Welcome to Say When, a podcast for anyone who's had enough of restricted diets, feeling bad about their bodies, or believing they can never be worthy or valued until they reach their ideal weight. Had enough? Then it's time to say when. I'm Holly Toscanini, a certified health coach and chronic dieter. I coach women who are ready to walk away from diet culture and redefine their relationship with food while establishing a peaceful relationship with their bodies. Does this sound like you? If so, I'm glad you're here. This non-diet approach to health is important because it allows you to stop wasting precious time and energy trying to change yourself to fit some unrealistic ideal of beauty. Plus, it speaks to your underlying desire to feel valued and worthy just as you are. Ready to learn more? Let's get started. Welcome. You know, over the last few weeks, I've received some questions from you about intuitive eating, so I thought it would be a good idea to address some of the misconceptions out there about what intuitive eating is really all about. See, intuitive eating has a framework and is based on a book by two dietitians that includes 10 principles to help us honor our bodies and maintain the pleasure of eating. Intuitive eating also helps us explore ways dieting, restricting, or being focused on our weight loss effort has impacted our lives. Now, if you want to see how dieting has impacted your life, head over to my website, hollytoscanini.com, and take the Dieting Harm Quiz. Let's dive in. Number one, intuitive eating is just another weight loss diet. The first principle of intuitive eating is to reject the diet mentality. That means an end to dieting period. So no, this isn't about weight loss. One of the questions that often comes up is, am I going to gain weight by letting go and practicing intuitive eating? And the answer is, I don't know for sure. Some people do gain weight when they stop restricting food. But once they've established new eating patterns and they've become habituated to having all kinds of foods, no foods are good or bad, they find they don't need those things any longer. They don't have those cravings. This gives you a chance to start to tune into your body and what it really needs. You can start to feel hunger and feel satisfaction. And that leads to your body weight rebalancing to a place that's easy to maintain. The next question I hear a lot is, does intuitive meaning eating mean eating whatever you want, whenever you want? Or intuitive eating just means eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. Now, Honoring your hunger is a key step in healing your relationship with food. That's true. But it can be challenging to honor your hunger if you've been ignoring it or denying it for years versus suppressing it. Paying attention to your body's physical sensations like hunger on a regular basis will help you learn to hear those hunger cues. Now, I know there have been times during a meal when I wasn't physically hungry, but I was not satisfied. The two don't always go hand in hand. Or... I wasn't hungry, but the food was so good I didn't want to stop enjoying it, so I kept eating it until I was uncomfortable. Now, a lot of my clients have realized that not receiving pleasure in other areas of their life leads them to seek pleasure with food. I know that was the case for me. You see, pleasure and self-care include nourishing your body and feeding your soul. It includes a holistic approach to health, like getting enough sleep, learning to process your emotions, and taking care of your physical relationship and spiritual needs. Next one is if I tell myself junk food is okay and give myself permission to eat it, I'll never stop. Let's be clear. You can't have a peaceful relationship with food or your body if you're in a constant struggle with either one of them. 
Now, the intuitive eating concept of unconditional permission to eat was created to remove the excitement of those um, guilty pleasure or off-limit foods. This is accomplished through systemic habituation or making peace with food is actually a form of exposure therapy. And that involves systematically confronting the food that triggers you. Maybe it's the bag of Oreos or the chips so that you can remove the power that it has over you. This can take some time and it can be a scary experience, but it's really the best way to release yourself from the control that food has over you. Now, there are two other key challenges that can interfere with our ability to make peace with food, distraction and stress. Eating when you're distracted really disrupts those reward or satisfaction receptors in your brain, which means it might take more food for you to feel satisfied. Plus, if you've been dieting, it increases the stress response by triggering your body to make more of the stress hormone cortisol. So learning to eat mindfully can address both of those challenges because it encourages you to focus on your meal, not multitasking while you eat. It also helps you slow down and really enjoy what you're eating. Now, the next one I hear is I have to be super strict and disciplined or I'll feel completely out of control. I know I used to feel this way too, so I get it. Many of us fall victim to that sort of all or nothing thinking. You know, a lot of us were told to clean our plates or watch how much we eat, which can be confusing. On top of that, we have people around us acting like the food police that are constantly making comments about what we eat, how our bodies look, and what we should be doing differently to become healthier. It seems like everybody wants us to be on their diet. (laughs) The food police can also live in our heads as constant negative talk about our choices, what bad foods we need to avoid or what healthy foods we need to stick to. We're constantly being judged about our food choices and our appearances by our appearance by either ourselves or by others, sometimes both at the same time. We're constantly being judged. So in order to challenge the food police, we have to practice non-judgmental awareness of our thoughts and then decide how we want to respond to others when they have any kind of opinion about what we're eating or how our bodies look. You know, the history of diet comes from antiquated puritanical beliefs that assign a moral value to denying ourselves pleasure. This is where the idea that thin people have more discipline or willpower, um, so they're automatically more moral or ethical people came from. I thought that was really interesting. Next is only physical satisfaction matters when it comes to knowing when you've had enough. I'm going to push back on this. You see, so many clients tell me that if they feel full, they've eaten too much. They've been restricting for so long that they've conditioned themselves to feel guilty or ashamed for eating to the point of fullness or even beyond. Life can be unpredictable, and sometimes you might have to eat even if you're not hungry because you know you're not going to eat for a long time. Or maybe you're running from one place to the next and your instinct is to quickly scarf down your food and you don't enjoy it or you might not even taste it at all. And then later you eat more because you missed out on feeling the sensation or the satisfaction of fullness earlier in the day. Distracted eating prevents us from being able to tell when we're full. Mindful eating helps us focus on satisfaction and enjoyment of our food while at the same time, it allows us to determine if we've had enough and if we're really satisfied. Okay, here's number six. Nothing that tastes good or is pleasurable to eat could possibly be healthy. (laughs) Satisfaction is more than feeling full. You can eat an entire meal and still not feel satisfied 
or you might have a few bites of something that tastes so amazing you don't need to eat anymore. Feeling satisfied is at the center of all principles of intuitive eating and experiencing satisfaction when eating is a combination of engaging your mind, your body, and your emotions. So many of us who have dieted for years have lost touch with what we really need to feel satisfied. Mindful eating is a critical part of this entire process because it encourages us to use all of our senses when we eat. Smell, taste, sound, temperature, textures, even memory comes into play. When we can relax into our meal, we actually digest and assimilate that meal much more efficiently. Once you become truly satisfied, mind, body, and spirit, you can begin to trust your body to let you know when you've had enough without feeling guilty or deprived. Number seven, emotional eating is bad and I should know how to control my feelings without using food. This is a tough one because having uncomfortable emotions is one of the strongest triggers for eating. Most of us do it. Emotions are caused by thoughts and our thoughts are caused by our beliefs. So what if, when our emotions start to feel like too much, instead of reaching for food first, we allow ourselves to just sit with that feeling for a few minutes. Let that feeling wash over us. Resist the urge to judge ourselves for how we're feeling or that we're feeling anything at all and just experience that feeling. Like a wave in the ocean, it will build up and then it will retreat. See, when we refuse to fully experience unwanted or negative emotions, it makes it so much more difficult to fully experience the positive ones. This is especially true for the thoughts and rules that are imposed on us by diet culture. Those food police I talked about earlier can be anyone who's forcing their beliefs about what's healthy or not on you. Their opinions come from whatever cognitive distortions they have about food. And if you don't challenge them, these negative thoughts can affect the way you start to feel about yourself and your behaviors, especially your eating. It's critical to understand how our feelings can influence our behavior. See, whether or not you realize it, you've experienced the impact that your current belief system has on your thoughts and how your thoughts can affect your feelings. Taking a really close look at our beliefs is how we begin to change our emotions. Don't forget this. Thoughts are not facts. Beliefs create thoughts which can affect the way we feel and then influence our behavior. Okay, next one. Body respect and acceptance means satisfaction and happiness with my whole image. Basically, if I respect and accept myself, it means I have to love myself. Respecting your body means treating it with dignity and kindness as well as meeting its basic needs. The first step in respecting your body is to accept that your body is designed to maintain its genetic blueprint. This basically means you're going to look like your ancestors. Accept and embrace your body as it is. This could mean practicing self-care. It could mean getting rid of the scale or getting rid of clothes that don't fit you. It also means to resist comparing yourself to others and really watch out for that negative self-talk, that kind of endless loop that goes through your brain. When you can truly surrender to the reality that no diet, no food restrictions, and no exercise program will permanently change your genetically determined size, you're on your way to truly being kind to your body, treating it with dignity, and yes, maybe even someday loving it, but you will definitely start to be able to accept it. Number nine, 
When you exercise, it's got to be hard, sweaty, and uncomfortable if it's going to do you any good. The main objective of any exercise is to burn calories and atone for what I've eaten. This one kind of makes me crazy because we look at exercise as punishment when we think this way. But I want you to consider something else. How would it feel to move your body because it feels good and it makes you happy, not because of the calories it might burn? There are two important components to physical activity and health. Less time sitting every day and more time engaging in physical movement, any movement at all. Paying attention to how your body feels during and after movement is an important way to find activities that you actually like to do and that you will do and that, I don't know, you might even look forward to doing. This concept of sort of mindful exercise focuses on paying attention to how your body feels without any self-judgment or criticism or comparing yourself to how anybody else in the class is doing. I think we can agree that it's important to move your body regularly and avoid sitting all day. What we need to understand is that it's equally important to listen to your body. So give yourself permission to take time off if you're sick or injured or, I don't know, if you didn't get enough sleep last night. If you do this, the chances are that you'll more likely maintain a steady level of physical activity in the long run. All right, here it is, number 10, our final one. Doing what I want when I want shows a lack of personal discipline, not intuition. Or intuitive eating doesn't focus on nutrition at all. See, there was a reason for talking about how to honor your health with general nutrition at the end of the book, Intuitive Eating. Diet culture relies heavily on the concept of good or bad foods when talking about nutrition. Focusing on nutrition in the beginning could possibly sabotage your ability to challenge the notion of good or bad foods. The basis of gentle nutrition is how food feels in your body. And when we shift our awareness to how food makes us feel, then we can decide what to eat based on more than just how the food tastes or how many calories it has. When you feel good, you get the maximum satisfaction from eating. It doesn't matter how good food tastes. If you feel like crap after you eat it, you won't enjoy eating it and you won't feel like you've been satisfied by it at all. Someone who's a healthy eater has a balanced and healthy relationship with food. Remember, your food choices don't indicate your ethical or moral superiority or inferiority. When you can see that all foods are neutral, not good or bad, you can start to integrate all of the messages your body gives you. Gentle nutrition leads to authentic health, which is really all about variety, moderation, and balance. Intuitive eating is actually easier than dieting. Diet plans require you to follow those rigid rules and stick to a very specific plan. You're told that this plan is simple and easy to follow if you just have a little willpower. It can be challenging to try something different after being in the diet mindset for so long because it requires you to create new habits and completely change your attitude about food, which actually can be more difficult than sticking to a set of rules. And despite all the myths that we've talked about surrounding intuitive eating, it is a legitimate approach, approach to nutrition and health. It creates satisfying and sensory eating experiences, and, and it helps you achieve a sense of permission to eat the foods you want when you're hungry. If you're sick of dieting and you're confused by the rules diet gurus try to sell you on, I think you're ready to explore intuitive eating. When you begin to practice this way of eating, there are primarily five stages that people go through in learning how to be intuitive eaters. Because one of the things I often hear from my clients is that 
how long is this going to take? You know, how long before I start practicing intuitive eating am I going to feel liberated from food? And it depends. First, we get into the stage of readiness where you've sort of hit rock bottom in terms of your dieting and you're aware that dieting has led to more failure than success. You're sick and tired of letting the number on the scale determine how you feel about yourself. You don't know how to tell the difference between physical and emotional hunger. Or maybe you've forgotten what you really like to eat and instead you eat what you should eat. Or maybe you're still obsessing about eating some foods and you don't dare eat them because you think it's going to be impossible to stop. Maybe you've thought of food as the enemy for so long you don't know how to think any other way. Or you're feeling bad or guilty for eating forbidden foods. Maybe you have a negative body image and lowered self-respect. I think if this, this is sort of where you are right now, you're ready to go back to eating intuitively. And I say go back to it because the truth is we were all born intuitive eaters. So after you've come to the place of being ready to change, you go to the next stage, which is exploring. It's where you are consciously learning and pursuing pleasure again with food. You start to reacquaint yourself with your intuitive signals of hunger, what you like to eat, and what makes you feel satisfied. You start to make peace with food by giving yourself unconditional permission to eat whatever you desire. You learn to let go of any guilty uh, ideations you have around food. Actually, the, you're more satisfied when you're eating. You're thinking less about food between meals. You might be able to learn to honor your hunger at this point. If you've been using food emotionally, you might find that this is a, a time when you start to begin to feel your feelings and you may experience, I don't know, some discomfort or sadness or maybe even some depressive feelings or feeling a little grief because food is not your primary source of comfort anymore. You might catch yourself eating more foods that were bad or off limits. It's normal and you go through this process of habituation that will lead to giving yourself unconditional permission to eat what you want when you want. It won't last forever, but it is an important part of the process and it can be a little scary, which is why working with a coach or a group of people also going through intuitive eating together can be so helpful. And in this second stage, you're rebuilding positive food experiences. Now the next stage is called crystallization. You're going to start to experience those awakenings of what it means to be a true intuitive eater that have been stifled by a lifetime of dieting. Now, if you're wondering where I'm getting these stages, they're all in the book, Intuitive Eating. I'll include the link at the end of my post. It'll be on the show notes. At this point, you're going to stop obsessing about food. You're not going to need to maintain that hyper-awareness around what you're eating. You're going to find that your choices are now based on listening to the wisdom of your body, and you're going to start to trust yourself and your body again. Here, you will begin to experience an increase in satisfaction with your meals, and you might still be eating some of those foods that used to be forbidden, but you're not going to feel as emotionally triggered by them or the need to eat them as much as you used to. You're going to be able to identify biological hunger from emotional hunger, and you're going to understand how to address both. At this point, weight loss is still way on the back burner as that sense of well-being and empowerment begins to take place. And you're going to start respecting yourself and your body a little bit more. Now, the fourth stage is when the intuitive eater awakens. You consistently choose what you really want to eat when you're hungry because you know you can have more food whenever you want. You might find you begin to choose healthier foods, not because you think you should, but because you feel better when you physically eat this way. Eating potato chips starts to feel like a neutral experience instead of one filled with guilt 
a remorse. It's no longer a guilty pleasure. It's just a pleasure. You'll start to learn how to sit with and experience your feelings without rushing to food to suppress them. That's all part of sitting with your emotions and learning to really move through them. And you're going to see your body with less anger and a lot more self-compassion. At the fifth stage, you're going to trust your body's intuitive abilities, and it's going to be a lot easier to honor your hunger and respect your fullness. You're not going to feel guilt about your food choices or the amount of food that you eat. You're going to learn to understand and cope with your feelings and emotions, and you're going to look for movement that feels good to you. You're going to see exercise as a way to boost your mood and make you feel better instead of being punished for what you've eaten. You'll find a healthy balance for your weight, one that feels good to you and is easy to maintain. And you're not going to be afraid of the food police anymore. You'll be able to set up and enforce clear boundaries about what uh, is and is not acceptable to say to you about your body and your choices. You'll be free from restriction, deprivation, and fear around food for good. For most of us, dieting and diet culture is a big part of who we are and how we learn to think about our bodies, ourselves, and our self-worth. The most important thing to remember when you start this journey is to have a ton of self-compassion, be really curious about your thoughts and the beliefs you have about yourself, and practice non-judgment about any of these thoughts or how you begin to move through this process of change and self-discovery. One way you can get started is by detoxing your social media feeds from any diet gurus or fitness influencers. There, I said it. It's time to get ruthless and unfollow anybody who promotes a a balanced diet but says you need to earn the calories or burn the calories after eating. Avoid anybody giving nutrition advice that does not have appropriate qualifications and steer clear of terms like clean eating, detoxing, or whole foods. Give yourself unconditional permission to eat all types of foods. And please, please stop trying to control your weight. Your weight is going to fluctuate whether you practice intuitive eating or not. So resist the urge to blame any fluctuations, especially any gain, on becoming an intuitive eater. You might gain. I know I did. I also know that my weight eventually balanced to a place that's much easier for me to maintain and I'm happier because of it. You'll also learn to honor your hunger and reconnect to the wisdom of your body. You'll begin to trust your body again and find movement that makes you feel good. Now, in this episode, I referenced the information in the book Intuitive Eating by registered dietitians Evelyn Triboli and um, Elise Raich. I'll include a link to the book and other resources in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed today's topic. And if you think you're really finally ready to walk away from diet culture and learn to accept yourself and the body you're in, Click the link in the show notes, schedule a call, and find out how working with a coach like me can help. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Say When, the podcast for women who've had enough of diet culture and are ready to get on with their lives. If you'd like to learn more about working with me, send me a DM through Instagram at Holly Toscanini, or you can find me on my website, hollytoscanini.com. Thanks for joining me.